Seen and Seal Experts Podcast, where you'll get educated, get more money, grow your business, and kick the nine to five. Here is your host, Seen and Seal Experts, VP of Sales, John LaFleur, an entrepreneur and mastermind behind the Seen and Seal Experts brand, Caleb Roth. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. This is Caleb, and you got John on the line tonight too. We got a great guest fixing to come up. I'll introduce him in a second. But first of all, I want to tell everybody uh, thanks for listening. We've uh, we've been getting uh, great reviews from you guys. Really appreciate that. Check out the Staining University Facebook group. It's a great place to go, and we've learned a lot. A lot of guys on there saying it's really changing the game for them, changing their life, uh, helping them uh, get more money in their jobs and learn just the skills of the trade a whole lot better. There's a lot of dirty and nasty Facebook groups out there, and this is not one of them. So don't come here if you're thinking about uh, acting like a knucklehead. We only, uh, we're only we only professionals in this group, and it's a big family. So if you jump on somebody's back over here, you're going to have a bunch of guys on your back too. So so just keep that in mind. It's a real friendly place. Come check us out. Stain and Seal Experts, Fence and Death. Staining University and uh, check out our stains. We sell fence and deck stains. We do a hardwood, Brazilian hardwood oil. Uh, they're good products. They're a little controversial because, uh, you know, we just do things different, but uh, guys swap and they love it. So give it a try. Stain and seal experts, fence and deck stains. Now for our guest, we've got Tom Reber from the Contractor Fight. You know, obviously he's a lot more famous uh, than anybody else we've had on the podcast. So uh, just really excited about that. This guy kicks guys in the butt. He gets them moving in the right direction, which is what a lot of us need this time of year. Uh, It's the wintertime. A lot of guys, uh, there's two kinds of guys, guys that sit on the couch and do nothing. And then there's guys that work put in the work to get their business moving in the right direction so when the season starts they're killing it and uh this podcast is going to get you fired up and ready to go in the right direction so uh that's about it man let's get started here's tom thanks for coming on the show good to have you here tonight man how are you doing hey it's I'm fired up to be here, man. I appreciate you having me. Good deal. Well, John and I are here to just stand back and let you go, man. We've got a lot of guys in the podcast or that listen to the podcast and are in our and kind of follow us with what we do. They're they're in the staining business. A lot of them are just getting started, and uh, they need to hear from somebody like you. So, man, can you can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Absolutely, man. I'd be happy to. So, um. So yeah, I, uh, I run an organization or a movement called the contractor fight where our whole goal is to bring respect back to the trades. And we do that through many different ways. You know, we have, uh, you know, podcasts and YouTube channels and stuff on the website and Facebook, private Facebook group and all that stuff, tons of free stuff. And we have a lot of paid coaching programs and things like that. And I got my start in this. So, um, right around 20, 2010, I was on the tail end of owning a uh, painting company outside the Chicago area, and I, you know, we did between I don't know three and four hundred projects a year. Um, had a great thing going, and I ended up selling my half of the company and and going off to do what I'm doing now because that's just really where my my heart is is to have an impact in in what I felt would be bigger ways. And so I'm I'm actually in Colorado now, and uh, you know moved here in 2015 and. And so, you know, everything I do all day, every day is about helping contractors get better and, you know, punch their crap in the face and, and build the type of businesses that they, they want to build. You know, I'm, I know you and I talked before and, 
you know, when you were on my show, the contractor fight, and, and I talked with you about how um, this whole fence staining stuff and deck staining, man, when I, when we were doing all those projects every year, I got my butt kicked on those things. So I wish I, I would have known you guys, <laughs> um, you know, back then I would have made a lot more money on fences and decks. Oh, we sure know how to make it easy. That's for sure. If it wasn't easy, we wouldn't be doing it, right? <laughs> yeah, but hey, I really like the way you're bringing back uh, dignity, I guess you said, to the trades. That is definitely yeah. something that is so missing. And uh, a lot of people, I'm, I'm, I'm only 30, but I'm old enough to remember all the old timers throwing hammers and cussing at you if you didn't uh, act right on a job site. And we just, uh, I think we need a little more of that discipline that we got in the old days. So but anyways, man, tell us, uh, so you, you coach a lot of guys. You've been there and done that and seen where most guys' trouble areas are. So so what what are the things that you would tell just your average business owner, whether he's he's doing 20000 a year or he's doing $6 million a year? What, what are the trouble areas that you see that you help most guys with? Maybe you could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, and I've, you know, I've, I've um, I know where guys are at because I've been there. You know, I've, um, uh, I know what it's like, you know, wondering how you're going to bring any money home to the family. I know what it's like having, I remember getting a call from my bookkeeper on a Wednesday saying that, uh, I want to say we had a, she says, yeah, we need a, you need 60 grand by Friday for payroll. <laughs> and I said, well, how much do we have now? And she says, 2,500 bucks. <laughs> I'm like, uh Oh, so, you know, I I've been there, you know, I've, I've, um, had employee issues. I've, I've made tons of money and I've been bankrupt and I've been everywhere in between and I've been a good leader and I've been a terrible leader. And I've, um, I've learned how to market my business, you know, without any money because, you know, the, the way the recession hit us and um, so many things. So I, you know, I've, I'm somebody who's, you know, I'm not just some khaki wearing business and consultant guy that worked in the corporate world for 20 years, got laid off and decided to start coaching contractors. You know, this is my, is where I've been my whole life. And so, um, you know, the, I, I would say the number one thing that I see um, in, in your, your average contractor is um, they don't truly realize that they're in control. And, um, and that all, you know, the dignity that we talked about, it all starts between our ears, man, it all starts in our head. And so you got to believe from the get-go that you are in control of your destiny. You're in control of your business. You're in control of who works for you, who you work for, what you charge, all those things. And, and um, in my world, in my program, we call that owning your crap. You know, that's the very first step to getting better in anything. I don't care. It could be business. It could be your health. If you can't own your shit, look in the mirror and take responsibility for who you are, the choices that you made, the path that you're on, you're going to have a really hard time reaching your potential. And, and so, and that, that doesn't mean like, Oh, I'm disorganized or I don't know how to market or, you know, it's, it's usually deeper things like, um, you know, I'm lazy or I'm, af I'm afraid to dig into the numbers of my business. Cause I, I, I didn't do good at math, you know, growing up or whatever. Does that make sense? Yes. Like the difference between the superficial crap and the, and the deeper crap. I mean, listen, I, I rode the crap. The first crap I had to own years ago was um, I fundamentally believed at my DNA level that I was stupid. Um, 
And there are a lot of reasons for that, but I, um, for two years in grade school, I rode the short bus, the little yellow short bus. And, you know, one year I'm with my buddies hanging out, everything's quote unquote normal. And then the start of the next school year, this little short bus pulls up in front of my house. I get on and uh, there's a bunch of, you know, kids with disabilities and, you know, mental and physical disabilities and things like that on the bus. And I get on the bus, we pull up in front of my school and I get off the bus and all my buddies are on the playground. They see me getting off this bus and they escort us into the building. I couldn't go play with my buddies on the, uh, out on the playground. And, um, and one of the main reasons for that back in the, in the day was, you know, I had a lot of emotional issues going on. My parents were going through a really bad divorce and a custody battle. Um, and the, the actual reason my mom and I talked about this years later was um, like years later, meaning I was late into my thirties and I'm 49 now was um, I would understand things so quickly that I would just get bored in class. So they thought moving me into this special uh, smaller class would actually benefit me because I get more one-on-one -on -one attention. And it actually ended up being one of the things that I think really derailed my confidence in my ability to learn and have intelligence and do good in school. So I was a terrible student my whole life, thought I was stupid. And I carried that around with me for a long time. And, um, and I had to come to a moment where I needed to own that and not allow that to, um, you know, to control, you know, where I was going in my life. And so I, I encourage people to really look in the mirror and go, if you're lazy, then, then own that crap. You know, just say it out loud. Like, listen, I've been lazy in my business, you know, or I do the easy things. You know, one guy was talking, he's like, I just do the easy things. And the easy things for contractors are the craft, right? We want to go power wash the thing or stain the thing or cut the thing. You know, we don't want to embrace the hard stuff that's really going to help us grow to our potential. So right out of the gate, you got to own your craft. And because, um, you know, that is the, the first step in, uh, um, you, you know, getting out of the crap sandwich that you're in right now. You know, there was one, uh, I forget who said it, but he said, you know, all, all progress starts with truth. And so that's, that's really where owning your crap comes from is, is that. So I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Oh, that makes a whole lot of sense. I hear, I hear some similarities between us. So yeah, that's, uh, that's good stuff. And, and, uh, I think a lot of guys just need to do that very thing. Just own it, own their stuff. And, and, uh, so what's, what's next, uh, you know, what, what, uh, keep going, man, you're on a roll here. So what, once, once guys own their stuff and they figure out, okay, we got a problem. Maybe I never look at my numbers. Maybe I never look at my cost on things, or maybe I keep hiring crackheads for employees and, or maybe I'm too friendly to my employees, whatever. What, uh, what's next that, you know, down the list. Sure. Well, you know, once you identify the thing that, you know, for me, in my case, it was me feeling like I was stupid. Um, I, uh, I knew it was holding me back. I, you know, we all have something in our closet, in our past, in our heart, in our mind that we know is just sabotaging us. And so, um, you know, I encourage people to go toe to toe with that thing. You know, the thing that scares you the most, go, let's just go deal with it, run into the punch. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for me, I, I'll give you an example. I was invited to a, uh, to an event that was in Cabo, um, several years in a row by a buddy of mine who's a massively successful multimillionaire guy 
he was on the board of directors of this organization and he invited me down. I don't know. It was like three years in a row to come speak and be part of some breakout discussions and stuff for this organization. It was a nonprofit. And, um, we, um, I kept saying, no, I kept making excuses of why I couldn't go for those first couple of years. And then finally the year that I went and well, here's why I said, no, I said no, because it was a, it was a nonprofit for a college fraternity leadership program. And so basically in my mind, that's code for a bunch of smart guys, right? You know, a bunch of dudes that are in college with, with degrees and, and they're smarter than me. And dude, I'm, I've been in the Marine Corps. I've led guys, you know, around the world. I've done so many things. I was, I had built a strong business, but I still had this thing that I was terrified of. And I kept saying, no, I wouldn't go to this thing. And then one day I was like, you know, this is never going to change, never going to get better unless I just run into it head on. So I finally said, yeah, I was going to go down there and I was going to speak um, and be part of this event. And, um, and it's funny, dude, the, the first thing that happened is I walk into the room on the first day and up on the wall are all the bios of all the speakers. And, uh, and mine's like three sentences long. And then everybody else is like three <laughs> pages, man, you know, and they're like, and I'm talking like there, there's a billionaire who's part of this thing, who led the thing. Um, there's a dude who, um, who built one of the largest companies in the world that we've all heard of, who was hosting this thing. And he built, you know, 40 something other companies. And I mean, it was guys like that, that were these speakers that were part of this event. And then there's me. And so right away, I'm like, damn it, why did I come to this thing? Anyway, I did my thing. Um, and what was cool is I had these young guys coming up to me going, man, it was, it was nice to hear from an, from an average guy, from a normal dude. And, um, and make a long story short, that decision to go down there and step into the punch uh, was probably the tipping point in, uh, in, in my life, to be honest with you, one of them, uh, for sure. Just, you know, and, and since that moment, that was in, uh, I mean, shoot, man, that had to be like 20, 2011, 2012. So it wasn't that long ago. You know, I was, you know, I'm 49 now, so whatever that yeah, is, right? Yeah, yeah. And that just turned into a, uh, um, you know, my, my business, my confidence, my, because what I had realized that being down there, I ended up on the last day sitting in on the board meeting with all these, what I thought were guys that I guess were playing at a higher level than me, obviously billionaires and things like that. <laughs> and, um, and at one point of the meeting, they asked me what I thought about something and that and I shared my opinion. It was a kind of a business marketing thing that they asked me about. And, um, and I answered it. And the guy who was running the thing looked at his assistant. He goes, hey, do we have the capability to do everything that Tom just said? And they go, yeah. And he goes, all right, let's do it. Meeting adjourned. They all got up and walked away. And I'm standing there looking over the Sea of Cortez of this beautiful home. Um, I walk out on the patio and I, I kid you not, man, I had tears in my eyes because I, and I texted my wife, I texted my wife and I said, I'm not stupid. Like it was that one moment where, you know, just, you know, my own insecurities or whatever kept me from thinking I could play at a higher level. But then I put myself in that position and, um, and all the work that I had been doing and all the experience that I had, um, you know, they were all for it. 
And, uh, and that was just the confidence boost that I really needed, but it all started with making a decision to go do the thing I was most afraid to do. Well, that's great. I, I know getting, when you got in that room with those millionaires and billionaires, it, it, uh, it, I'm sure it changed you. You, you realize that even though they're so different, they're just men too. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's good to get around that kind of stuff. Well, man, I, I came from a family that, you know, hardly anyone got through high school, um, Nobody in my family ever made me money, you know, so I'm, there's two, two situations, right. That are deep seated emotional baggage things that I had, you know, by going on this trip and, um, you know, and, and for me, that was my thing. For me, it was a bigger thing than it was bigger in my, you know, bigger than, than it really was, but it was bigger in my head than, than the reality of it. And so I just had to deal with it. So, um, so no, you got to deal, deal with your crap. And, um, you know, if you're lazy, do something about it. If you're afraid of the math of your business, do something about it. Um, you know, embrace it, look for resistance. That's, that's kind of part of this as well is, you know, we only grow when there's resistance. If you think about weightlifting, you know, you don't grow when, you know, you're just, you know, going through the motions. And so you don't grow when you're always doing the easy thing. And the easy thing for most contractors, like I said earlier, is we want to go work in the field and jump and do the the things that we're confident in, but often those things, as important as it is being a craftsman and doing the work and all that other stuff, those are not the number one skills needed to, uh, to grow a profitable business. You got to embrace the fact that you're a business guy. First and foremost, you know, when, when the minute you print that business card and, uh, you, you know, hang your shingle on the door or whatever, you're basically taking your craftsman role and you're making it secondary. Uh, you should be making it secondary to that of the being the business owner and leader. And what that means is your number one job is, uh, is getting oxygen. You know, uh, your business cannot live without oxygen, no more than our human body can. And so, and it can't live without oxygen very long. And oxygen is leads in sales, man. Your number one job in your business is to fricking make money. And a lot of guys hide behind, well, I just want to be fair to my customers or I don't want to be rich or anything or, you know, all these other things like that. And it's like, well, then don't be in business because the purpose of a business is to make money unless you're a nonprofit. And even then you got to make money because you got, you got break even points. And so, um, you know, so you got to get oxygen man. and, and a lot of guys are unwilling to do what it takes to make sure they're breathing. You know, I spent so many years, um, making sure everybody got paid, but me. And I was cutting off oxygen to my brain for years and it ended up being pretty catastrophic on the personal side of things. And so when, you know, now, you know, one of my business partners now, he, um, one of his sayings is don't mess with the money. And that's what, that's kind of a mantra he's lived by for 40 something years owning his businesses. And, uh, and I've adopted that. Like I am not going to mess with the money coming into my family mm-hmm. um, because you cannot be your best. If you're not making the money that you need to make, if you're not saving, I mean, dude, it's expensive to live in the world. I don't care where you live. A lot of guys are like, well, cost of living here is cheap. So I can get by in 40 grand a year. I'm like, dude, you're better off getting a job than running a business and making 40 grand a year. If you're doing it full time and all that stuff. So, um, so don't mess with the money, man. You know, do whatever you got to fire people so that you make money, fire people. Um, if, if you got to raise your prices, 
then quit being a wuss and raise your prices. Do whatever it takes. And if you're not willing to do that, you're actually better off shutting your business down and going to work for somebody else. Oh, I agree. Because there's so many out there who need good people. You know, there's that's mm-hmm. you know for every for every entrepreneur, there's there's got to be a hundred good employees, I guess, and uh, that we're definitely lacking in that department. But, but man, what you say is so true, and I agree a hundred percent with everything. And it's good to, for somebody to lay it out in front of you. But uh, you know, you talk about the guy who needs to quit and go back and get a job somewhere. What would you tell the guy? I've heard this my whole life from family members, from from friends, from people we do business with. That maybe let's say they work for the uh, they're a, a firefighter for the county or they work for the road commission that whatever they got a nice little county job they're a policeman whatever and they make thirty five grand a year but they've got that insurance man mm-hmm. and their side job maybe mm-hmm. maybe they mowed yards they build houses whatever their side job made great money but they'll never they'll never go full time because of that insurance that benefits man you know I'm so scared that I don't have enough confidence in myself to quit you know, to, to go on my own. What would you say to that guy there that that's ready to make the leap? Would you tell him, you know, is it to jump or would you tell him if you're concerned to, to not, what would you say to him? Wow. Um, I get asked this all the time and I think a lot of it comes down to the guy. You know, I, I quit everything, started my business, grew it from nothing out of a 12 by 12 little room in my basement back before, you know, Facebook and you know all the social stuff and um, or I guess right at the beginning of Facebook before we knew how to use it um, and and I went from literally zero to you know 300 jobs a year in three years and came out of the gate hard but that's because I embraced the role of being the marketing and sales guy in my business I I did everything I could to not paint you know and so. Now, when I needed to, I did. In the very beginning, I did, meaning the very beginning of the first couple months. But I, I knew that without a shitload of leads coming into the business, that it was never going to make it. And so that was my attitude. And I see a lot of guys, they go off on their own and they, they totally flounder because they think it's about the staining. Mm-hmm. And it's not about the staining. So if you're not willing to prospect, if you're not willing to take um, – the profits above and beyond what you need to support your family and reinvest it back into the marketing of your business. If you're not willing to knock on doors and write a check for 10 or 12 grand for a kick-ass website, if you're not willing to spend 10 to 15% of your top line revenue coming in the door the first few years on marketing the business, then you're probably better off staying where you're at. Um, that's just what I've seen, you know, the data, right? But let me give some perspective here to somebody who might be going, I don't want to leave because I got benefits. I have a family of five. I'm 49. And we pay for private health insurance. And let's just round it up to, you know, with health insurance and dental and all the other crap. However, we got it finagled. It's like 1500 bucks a month. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, here's perspective. If you're doing, if I need 1500 bucks for my benefits, let's just talk the benefits here. If I get a 50% gross profit, and what that means for the guys that, you know, are, I just want to make sure we're clear in the terminology. If I sell a job for $10,000 and 
and I pay for all my materials and I pay for my labor, take that off the 10 grand, whatever's left is your gross profit. That's the money you have left to pay for the overhead of the business, which your salary should be included in and have any profit, net profit left over. So if I need to have $1,500 left over to pay for health insurance, I just need another three grand of work mm -hmm. that month. All right. And one job. Yeah. You, but what's the average? Yeah, you know, it's one job, right? I need one job. And so, um, so I, I would encourage those guys, like if, if you're, if you're not happy where you're at, if you don't have a good flow of life and a good balance going on and you know, you, 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 you and your spouse or whatever, keep going, man, I can't wait till I can finally go full time in this. I just got to get to this point. I, I would say, um, if you're truly committed to hustling your tail off, and getting uncomfortable, writing some checks for marketing, hiring some pros, don't do shit on the cheap and all that other stuff. Hire people that have a proven record of helping you know, contractors grow, then jump in and go for it. Um, because there's, I mean, listen, on the consumer side, I hear from consumers all the time, they can't get somebody to call them back. They can't get a contractor to show up. They can't get a guy that'll honor his word and all those things. And those are all the self-imposed things that we do to screw ourselves in the trades, right? That's why people go to trades is a good backup plan, but oh, yeah. plan A, you know? And so it's perspective, you know, you know, your numbers, Hey, I need, um, you want a truck, right? You got to buy a truck and it's a, you know, gas insurance, the payment, whatever it is, it's 700 bucks a month. You got to sell 1400 bucks additional that month just to pay for the truck. So I, I think it's, totally doable. I would encourage somebody who, um, you know, who's on the fence. I mean, what do you, what do you got to lose? You're going to, you're going to regret not doing it way more than you're, you're going to regret doing it 20 years from now. Cause at least you'll know one way or the other. Well, you know, you put, you just put into words what I have thought so many years. First of all, you got to know it's, it's not about anything else other than what you know about yourself deep inside. If, if you know that you're going to you can handle it. Go do it. I, I guess I'm, I've always been such a mm -hmm. go getter. I'm, I'm, I'll, you know, I'll do anything. Whatever I got to do, I'll make it happen. Some guys aren't aren't wired that way, so we got to take that into consideration. But for the guy who will go out and hustle and things, uh, yeah. you know, do it. And I think what, exactly what you said. Excuse me. I always just said, well, hey, it's one more job. It's two more jobs. No big deal. Um, when you make forty thousand dollars a year, fifteen hundred bucks sounds humongous to you because you're you're so tight, you're so budgeted. When mm -hmm. when you have cash flow, yep. that's wonderful word, cash flow, it changes things. So you can't look at it when you're making forty grand and 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 say, well, fifteen hundred bucks is not a big deal to you, but it is to me. Once you make that leap, you'll understand what cash flow can do for you and how it can help you. And um, it's oxygen, man. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You said it. It's, so it's oxygen, and so. You know, here's the other thing, that one job. So this is where this is where you got to commit to. You don't have to be an expert in all the hard math and numbers of a business. You got to have a working knowledge of what's going on. So listen, if I, you know, look at the last 10 estimates or leads that you got in your business and you go, OK, how many of those 10 on average do I sell? So let's just say you sell half. Right. So that means if I need one more job a month. I take the number of jobs that I need and I divide it by 0.5, half, 50%. Mm -hmm. And that's going to basically tell me I need to get two more leads a month to sell one more job. 
And this is what it means to manage your business by the numbers, not emotionally. A lot of guys just go, yeah, I'm going to grow my business by a hundred thousand bucks this year. You know, how are you going to do that? You know, inflation, you have a plan, you have a strategy. (laughs) Yeah. So um, here's something else. And this, this probably rub some people the wrong way because it always does. Um, I just have a, if you're full-time as a contractor, I don't care if you wash windows, you stain fences, you build houses, whatever you do. If you've been in the game, I don't know, five, seven, 10 years, somewhere in there. It's not a hard, fast number, but if you've been in the game, call it seven years on average, and you're not scratching at the door of making $200,000 personally, I think you should quit. If you've been in the game for three to five years, and you're not making a hundred thousand dollars in your pocket as a contractor, I think you should quit and go work for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I'm not talking about people that have had severe medical challenges. You know, like I knew a guy whose wife was on chemo for a while. Right. And that was his number one priority. So his business took a dive. Like there's always outliers, but if you can look at your business and not see a trend going in the right direction. Like if you're waking up every freaking New Year's Day, looking back on the previous year, and you're kind of in the same spot every year, and you're kind of having the same conversations with your spouse every year, and you're putting your resume out there during the slow times and all that other crap, and you find yourself jumping on Indeed and Craigslist and going, hey, you know, I wonder what's out there. Maybe I can get a sales job. Maybe I can do this or that. Like if you're that guy and if your debt is increasing, you're not paying it down and your, your stockpile of cash isn't growing. I think you truly need to consider one of two things. Number one, quit hanging up, go work for somebody else. Number two, hire a coach. And I'm not plugging myself, hire Mm -hmm. anybody. I don't care. Hire somebody who knows, um, you know, how to help a business grow. Who's going to look at it with a fresh set of eyes, um, and invest in it. It's like a personal trainer somebody who knows more than you do about a certain topic, go hang around those people. And so, and listen, you can get that. You go to our Constructor Fight Facebook group for free. And there's, you know, I don't know, 1,200 guys in there right now that are, you know, a lot of them are kicking butt and they'll give you all the advice for free that you want in the world. Awesome. Awesome. You got to get around people that are winning. You got to get around people. You know, we become who we hang out with. And most contractors are broke. And one of the reasons they're broke is because they're all hanging out with their broke buddies that are contractors. Yep. Or they're in, or, yeah. in a room. Mm-hmm. Change my yeah, life. I started. In... Sorry about that. But I, I was just going to say, uh, I started a coaching program about a year ago and it, it literally changed my life. I was consuming all the information, all the knowledge, all the books every day still do. But when I stepped into that room with, with guys that were, all ages, starting at 22, who were making a couple million bucks a year, all the way up into their 60s and 70s, and it just completely blew my mind. It stretched my brain so much that it would never go back. And so, I firmly believe you got to you got to get in a room full of giants. There's no doubt about that. Well, it, it opened you know your ceiling raises right. Mm-hmm. Um, you start hearing, and it and it happens just by being around them. Like I remember um, hanging out with certain people um, years ago that, you know, a couple of them are now my business partners in other companies and things like that. Now, but one of them, he was like, we'd be out having a beer and we'd be talking about something. He'd go, yeah, let's do it. It's only 12 grand. And 
And then over the months and years, we knew each other. Like I would hear that frequently from him. Like, you know, yeah, it's just, Hey, it's just 50 grand. Let's just make it happen. And what happens is you actually start to believe over time that that's just not a lot of money. We'll find it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you just, your, your mind changes because you're hanging around people that look at it like it's no big deal. When I started one of my companies with one of my partners who was way mega more successful financially than I've ever been, he, um, he goes, yeah, I'll do this with you. I'm in, but if I'm not pulling in, um, what did he say? He goes, if we're, if I'm not going to make, you know, 30 grand in the first 90 days on this thing, if I don't make 30 grand and you don't make 30 grand, then we're going to pull the plug on it. Sounds pretty like good to me. Pocket, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, and this was several, several years ago. And I'm like, wow, that's a different way of thinking. And we each made, you know, 40 or 50 grand in the first 90 days because that was just the mindset that we started with. So I, the whole point here is, you know, you've got to be really, really picky about who you hang out with because, um, you know, we have a thing in our contractor sales Academy where we say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. All right. And unfortunately, most contractors make 50 to 60 grand a year, the full-time guys. Um, and if you look at their friends, they're, they're all making around the same amount of money. So like you said, put yourself in a room with giants, do what it takes, make that investment in yourself. Um, whether it's time, money, little of both, whatever, um, you know, it will not fail to produce um, a return for you, um, hands down. Well, man, I'm going to stop you right there. I think that was powerful and strong. How do, how do guys come and find you? How do they get in touch with you and get on your Facebook group? Super easy. The best, best thing is go to thecontractorfight.com. And, um, and I think we still have a picture of my face on the top. You scroll under the picture and you'll see four boxes. We call those chooser boxes. And, you know, one of them's like, hey, I need help with marketing. Hey, I need help building a team. I need help with sales or whatever it might be. Click the box that applies to you. And then there's another box um, that will ask you, hey, where, what size business are you? You know what I'm saying? And, and there's like some selections. And then when you click that, the next screen that pops up will recommend things for you. And um, one of those, and that's how you get to the Facebook group, or you can just go to Facebook and type in the contractor fight. But um, that the, the choosers on the website are good because we got a ton of great free resources for guys based on the size of your business and all that stuff that that'll just kind of walk you to it. Awesome. Well, man, I really appreciate you coming. The, the, the big takeaway I get here is, is, uh, and one thing that I want to impart to any of the guys listening that are moving up, trying to, to grind and get at it, don't listen to this podcast once and let that be your motivation. Listen to it again and again, and then get on the groups, get with these people. And uh, because if you're not showing up all the time, learning, stretching your brain, it's, you know, you're going to, I'm not going to say you're going to fail, but it's going to be a lot harder. So uh, you need to, you need to surround yourself with that that good uh, energy that those uh, big guys can put off in the room. So, Tom, man, I really appreciate you coming on here. You, uh, you definitely knocked it out of the park for us today. Well, I appreciate you having me, and uh, I look forward to uh, watching you guys continue to grow what you're doing and uh, kick some butt and keep helping people and doing good things, man. Hey, man, I appreciate it. John, you've been quiet this whole time. You've just been sitting there taking notes. You got anything you want to add to it? Man, I don't, I don't have anything I want to add. I I just uh, I just been listening to the big dogs talk, man. I'm just here to learn, really. 
Well, we've, like you, well, good deal, man. Well, Tom, hey, I want to thank you again, and uh, we'll come see you in Colorado soon. You let me know. Come on out. We'll, uh, we'll tear it up. We'll have a good time. All right, guys, man, that just gets me fired up listening to that. I'm going to go back and listen to that again. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Go to the contractor fight. Check this guy out, Tom Reber. He's all over the Internet. He's famous. He's uh, he's uh, turning guys' lives around. He's making a big change in the market. So listen to this advice he's given you because it's good advice, and it's advice that a lot of guys pay thousands and thousands of dollars for. So uh, if you need a coach, go to Tom Reber. Check him out. And again, guys, leave us a five-star review. Share this with your friends. If you know somebody in the standing business, the fence business, a painting contractor, we'd love to have them. Wow, thanks. That was such a great podcast. I really uh, enjoyed listening to that. I hope you guys did too. I learned a lot from it. And when I when I record these podcasts, I go back and listen to them two, three, four, five, maybe 10 times because there's little nuggets that you'll pick up every time you listen. And if you put those things into use, they will make you money. They will make you money. They will grow your brand. And uh, it's your duty and responsibility to change your family tree. If you grew up, didn't have everything that you wanted, uh, like so many people did, and you want to change that for your children, but you don't want to. You want to change it in a way where it's it's you. You're out there grinding. You're being an example. Uh, you're just doing doing what's right. Get out here and do these things. That's what you need. You need to be that role model for your family, and you need to uh, you need to get this business going. You can't help anyone if you don't have any money. And these strategies will help you grow your business, help you grow your money, and it will help you find security. And that's what everybody needs. And uh, I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. And before we go and uh, wind this thing up, make sure you go to the Stain and Seal Experts uh, Fence and Deck Staining University. It's a Facebook group. If you're brand new, if you're thinking about it, if you've been doing it for 30 years, if you're a painter, if you're a fence uh, contractor, if you're a deck stainer, whatever, we need you in that group. I need your help. Without you guys in the group, I cannot uh, continue to help everyone by myself. I need you to get on here because y'all know so much more than I do, and I want to leverage everyone's knowledge together so we can help as many people as possible and push everybody in the right direction. None of this knowledge that we have is going to service alone. There are more staining jobs, more painting jobs than we could ever do, so let's share what we know so we can grow our market, grow a better market for everyone. And uh, it'll just be better for everybody. Also, some of you guys, you know who I'm talking about. I feel like maybe I'm in the friend zone here. Uh, I need you guys to go ahead and pull the trigger. We've got stains sitting on the shelves. It was we we used so many different products over the years, and we found the holes, what we liked, what we didn't like, what was uh, maybe a negative health. Uh, risk. Maybe we found something that didn't last very long. We found all those holes. We beefed them all up. We did it uh, with a great team of people. And we've used those stains for a long time, have had zero callbacks, zero warranty issues. And I'm proud to put this out on the marketplace. And I want you guys to try it. Uh, I know I know some people uh, maybe uh, are just really sold on the stain. But hey, we've sold thousands of buckets and everybody we've ever sold one to was happy with their old stain before they used ours. So check it out. Give us a chance. I'm going to call on you. I'm going to call on you. So if you're listening, I'm going to call you, man. I want you to try these stains. We'll send you some samples, some color charts, whatever you need. But uh, check out our low VOC stains. Any kind of VOC evaporates. So those people that are saying, hey, low VOC stains are low quality. Well, that's yeah, there's some low quality, low VOC stains out there. 
but we feel like we're making the finest high-quality low VOC stain on earth. It's oil-based 100%, and it will preserve your wood. It will last a long time. It will be easy to apply. It will be easy to clean up. So I want you to check it out, stainandsealexperts.com. You can go right there, message us, email us, whatever. And uh, that's pretty much it for the night. Guys, have a good one and keep pushing. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Stain and Seal Experts podcast. Subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and check out Stain and Seal Experts on your favorite social media.